up quick at about noon. And thank you for downloading, streaming, and for listening to the Wednesday, May 15th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling, presented by Vibe Health Bar, where you can get your food delivered through your favorite food delivery app, whether it's Postmates, Grubhub, DoorDash, whatever it may be. You can get your superfood smoothies, acai bowls, and organic cold-pressed juices. They've got three locations in East Sacramento, Oak Park, and Folsom. They've got some great things going on to help out our healthcare workers as well. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you check them out. And make sure you continue to support your favorite local businesses. I, I really do, and I, and I hopefully I say this often enough, I really do appreciate you listening. This is a sports-centric podcast in which the center has rarely been able to be on sports lately. Uh, and I know that we, we've tried to, you know, every Monday we get to talk about the last dance that's going to come to an end after this Monday. We talk about wrestling every once in a while, and we try to talk about more fun, lighthearted topics. But in the end, everything just kind of centers back uh, to what we're dealing with in real life. And everything kind of centers back uh, to the COVID-19 virus and how we're hopefully inching closer and closer uh, to our world's opening back up. Now, we're a long way from it being what it was, you know, before March 13th or even before March 11th, but we're getting closer and closer, it seems, uh, to at least getting some form of normalcy back. But it's, it's just, a, you know, that we've talked about uh, potential, like the 49ers, for example. We've talked about potentially, you know, NFL, California NFL teams, playing in other states. We've talked about the 49ers potentially playing in Arizona and, and, and perhaps the, the, the Los Angeles teams playing in Las Vegas. You know, in a, in a short period of time yesterday, and, he, and I swear to you, it couldn't have been more than like 30 minutes, maybe 60 minutes at the most. Uh, the, C, the, the state universities here in California announced that the first semester of learning would be, you know, it, it would be distance learning. It would be learning from home. It would, you know, it'd be taking your courses online and doing things like that. And within, again, within the, of a very short time frame of that announcement, Arizona essentially said, hey, let's roll. We're open for business, sort of. The governor uh, announced yesterday that the state is letting the stay-at-home order uh, expire on Friday, and he specifically stated that Major League Sports, including the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Soccer, they can resume practicing and playing in the state beginning on Saturday. Now, any games that are that are to be played, they're going to be played without fans. That hasn't that hasn't changed at all. And there are some other things of note, like just because the governor of Arizona said that NBA teams can practice, that doesn't mean the Phoenix Suns are going to go practice. There are still mandates that come from, uh, you know, the governing body of the sport. A, a bet, perhaps a better example, because the Phoenix Suns don't really need to practice for anything. A better example is Major League Baseball and the NFL. Just because uh, the, the the governor of, of Arizona has essentially opened up the state for business, the Cardinals can't go practice. They can't hold voluntary workouts. They can't hold OTAs. They can't do anything like that until the NFL decides that they can. If if all teams in a particular sport aren't on equal playing field, then it, it's it, basically it's all or nothing. 
and without without all teams being on an equal playing field like that that's not happening so in theory Arizona is 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 opening up and we talked about the Cardinals facility uh, and and uh, the University of Phoenix Stadium potentially being a landing spot for the San Francisco 49ers if and and, and I don't know See, this is where this is where I start to like this is where I just can't quite grasp stuff. So games are gonna be played without fans. So what we're saying is we don't want basically in short, we don't want businesses risking the health of their employees, thus risking the health of their employees' families and friends and everybody they come into contact with and you know, the domino effect and how it kind of goes from there. So I'm not really sure what I don't I, I'm 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 curious, like what if the the if the California teams had to be moved out of California for a portion or all of the upcoming NFL season? It, it doesn't it, I don't know that it particularly matters. Obviously, it matters to the players in terms of they have homes here and their families are here, um, but. Are we talking about like where like what's the concern? Like, is the concern infecting like the community? Is the concern if you know a, a, a potential you know Forty ers player, for example, uh, let, let, let's say that you know the 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 NBA opens up for practice and maybe we maybe the you know uh, Roger Goodell decides he's not really gonna. Go with what Gavin Newsom says. He's going to go above Gavin Newsom's head and try to operate off of, you know, what Donald Trump says. And you know, we've been through that judicial fight before. We ultimately know what that means and 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 how that's not supposed to happen. But hypothetically, I'm I'm trying to figure out what the what the concern is of 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 each different state. So is the concern actually the business, and in this case, the 49ers? Or is the concern, well, if the 49ers are here in California, that means that the Cardinals have to travel here. That means that, you know, who, who, the, the, whoever else is on the, that means the, the, the 49ers, they've got to travel to New England and then they've got to come back to California. Is the concern the in and outs and, you know, the different teams coming into the state and then them leaving the state and then coming back and, you know, the linebacker going to Whole Foods or going to get some food somewhere or going to even do, you know, a pickup at a restaurant and, and running a potential, uh, you know, st- starting a, a, a domino effect with an infection process there. I, I, I'm trying to, like, it hasn't really been laid out because the NFL, I guess, is kind of doing this in a in a hush-hush way where, you know, going back to the draft, they don't want to talk about any. They don't want to talk about any potential changes to the draft until they have to. Same thing that went on with the schedule. They don't want to talk about any changes, any potential changes. They don't want to talk about any Plan Bs or any Plan Cs until they're absolutely forced to. But they have made sure through their media sources that it was leaked. We have a Plan B, or they allegedly have a plan B. And I'm assuming the NFL probably has plan C's, D's, E's, F's, and G's to make sure that their league gets off without a without a hitch. And 
interestingly enough, Dana White may have set the he may have set the table for how the major sports operate over the course of the you know the next few months. Now, UFC and, and WWE will always be different. WWE is entertainment, and I understand that. UFC is a sport, but UFC is also UFC is also looked at with a WWE like stigma. And part of that is because Dana White. People can look at Vince, Dana White and go, man, he's a younger Vince McMahon. You know, people people like see that. They see com- they, they see combat sports and they see it, you know, as violent. And they'll look at wrestling and look at his violent theater. So UFC isn't quite held on the same regard as the NHL or Major League Baseball. However, Dana White managed to navigate a card this past weekend in which one of the athletes on the card tested positive for the coronavirus. And it was this, it, it, as of right now, and maybe there's going to be fallout for this in a few days, but what are we, it's Wednesday, so we're four days after the event, four and a half days after the event. For now, it was isolated to one individual being removed and the card going on. There's uh there's a UFC card tonight. So that's you know, that's kind of where we're at in with basketball yesterday. It felt like it feels like more and more news is 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 coming out of basketball. You know, there were multiple reports from Adrian Wojanowski. There were dueling NBA insiders yesterday, which we'll get to in a minute. We'll get to one of Woj's latest tweets, which is uh, attendees left a board of governors call with Adam Silver today feeling positive about momentum toward an NBA return to play this season. Discussion included how league-slash-players will need to get comfortable with some positive tests for virus not shutting down. So, essentially, what, what he's saying is we have to figure out what happens to the league if and what happens to the season if a player tests positive. We can't have another Rudy go, but they made the decision... On I if if the shutdown was March 11th, they, I think they made the decision on March 10th. Remember that that there was that day where there was a that big board of governors call, and uh, you know we had even talked about that day on the podcast that you know this the Kings and Pelicans are the last game on the schedule, and this very well may be the last game we see with fans for a very very long time. And it it turns out we we never got there. So that was their plan that day. Patient zero, and it is over. Well, they have to have a different. They have to have a different pathway now. They have to have a different, you know, mindset. We can't have a patient zero situation. And if someone tests positive, we've got to pull them out, and then we've got to make sure that everyone is comfortable. Like, hey, your teammate tested positive, and that doesn't mean that you have it. That doesn't mean you're gonna get it. That means. Your teammate tested positive, and maybe the risk of you hanging around the practice facility, maybe the risk of you playing in a game, uh, maybe the risk of you contracting the virus now is a little bit higher, and you've got to be comfortable with that. And they can't have a situation where a player tests positive, and the whole and and then it's all shut down again, and then you kind of you at that point you just have to throw up your hands and go, the season's over. And then you've got to figure out what the protocol is because is the protocol a player testing positive? Because now we're we're essentially talking about playoff situations. I, I I'd imagine that's all we're talking about. 
is a playoff situation. And so is our 14 day quarantine is it is like is that what we're looking at because you know much like we use the Patrick Mahomes example when uh, talking about the NFL and them resuming their schedule what if it's LeBron what if it's Kawhi what if it's you know one of those top tier what if it's Giannis I you know I I like the Bucks I respect the Bucks I think the Bucks had a hell of a season I don't know that the you know Bucks are winning in the NBA finals with uh Yadis Kumpo out. Is there a situation where is there a situation where we get to the finals? And this 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 is it's easy for a guy like LeBron. And and my guess is probably Giannis. I would think Kyrie, uh, Kawhi, Paul George. You know, there's there's a handful of the top tier guys that I think would have zero issue in being completely isolated. Like they look at this like this, we've got business ahead, we've got a championship to win. Uh, I'm staying isolated like you the, I, I am running as little risk as possible to potentially contacting this virus. However, you can't make that assumption that your whole team is doing that, right? And then you also have to make the assumption that all your coaches are doing the same thing. And you also have to make the assumption that your media person is doing it. And however big this this team bubble is with uh, whether media people are involved, obviously your trainers have to be there. Your doctors have to be there. They all have to live under the same bubble. They all have to be going through these, these same precautions. We may very well crown an NBA champion this year based off what what team is able to avoid this virus. And I know we regularly crown champions based off teams that were you know, able to stay healthy. Like they weren't able to get injured. Obviously, we saw what happened to the Golden State Warriors a few years ago. I won't ignore what happened to the Cleveland Cavaliers during their first run against against the Warriors when Kyrie and Kevin Love went out. It's not it's not uncommon. But this situation is uncommon because you'd have a player perfectly capable of playing, but they had tested positive for COVID-19. We know Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell said he was completely asymptomatic. If he hadn't taken the test, he wouldn't know that he had it. Of course, we've also we've heard over and over and over again about false positives, false negatives, and really not knowing whether we can rely on a test or not. But how does the NBA approach that, and what is protocol if a player tests positive, because if you're talking about a 14 day quarantine, if you're talking about ruling a player out for the remainder or ruling a player out for the next couple of weeks, you're eliminating them certainly from a series. One at best, just one, but you're eliminating them from a series. And are you comfortable doing that? If the player is LeBron, if the player is Kawhi. If the player is is a game-changing individual, are you comfortable making that call? And that call can't be made in the moment. It has to be made like now. It has to be made as you're laying out a potential plan to return. More tweets from Adrian Wojnarowski. Once the NBA formalizes a return to play, the league indicated to teams that the plan would be to standardize coronavirus testing among the 30 teams. Uh, more from Woj. Uh, among factors, league studying in ramp-up to final decision, understanding trajectory of new cases, understanding who's getting severely ill and why, 
developments in testing and how other sports are handling positives among participants and continuing to play. And that's the end of the tweet, but you can throw in what we were just talking about regarding Dana White and the UFC right there because no other sport has has done anything. I think WWE has had positive tests and they've just chose to ignore it. Sami Zayn just vacated the, the WWE uh, Intercontinental Championship and they didn't tell us why. Because I, now I have no idea whether he tested positive for the virus or not. But I know they didn't give us a reason why other than he's unable to compete. He may have just said, screw this, man. I'm not doing this. He may have just gone the Roman Reigns route and said, I'm not going to continue to you know, show up at this facility when I don't know what all of these other people are doing. Like, they're posting videos on social media. They're all hanging out, doing their thing, living life as normal. And they're putting me at risk. They're putting my family at risk. So I'm just not going to do it. Now, again, I have no idea what went on there. But I think, that, but, but I think WWE's approach has been, well, we're just not going to tell people. We don't have media breathing down our neck like the Lakers would and like the Nets would and like the Bucks would and the Celtics would. We don't have that. If we want to vacate a, a championship in which we, we just vacated one because of pregnancy and handed it to another girl, we have the ability to do that. Dana White can't. You know, Dana White is a, is a sport with gamblers, and while they don't have a board of governors, they do have, you know, athletic commissions that they generally go through, and He's he's he he approached it in a, in a way. Hey, we we had a guy that tested positive, took him off the card. Card went off without a hitch, and here we are four days later. We haven't yet heard any ramifications coming out of that. That's the only thing that the that the NBA could be watching. They there's literally nothing else for them to watch. Now they could they could watch. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if Adam Silver's up late watching the Korean baseball league or or, or anything like that. But then there was a, you know, I guess, I guess there was the, the, the post call call. And this, this, was, this was one that seemed to have gotten a lot of people excited. LeBron James, uh, this was orchestrated uh, by Chris Paul, who, as you probably know, is the uh, president of the Players Association. Uh, but the call included, this was after uh, the Adam Silver and Board of Governors call yesterday. It was LeBron, Chris Paul, uh, Dame Lillard, Giannis, Russ, KD, Kawhi, and Steph Curry, they held a private conference call uh, on Monday with the hopes of establishing like a, a united front in favor of resuming the season. So essentially you get some of the big dogs on the big teams and rally the troops, so to speak. Rally the troops in a sense like, well, here's why it's best for us to come back. And here's why it's best for us to approach. I mean, what's Steph Curry ain't got nothing to play for. I mean, I don't even know that Steph Curry is going to play. I don't even know that the Warriors would be coming back. All of those other players, Russ, KD, well, KD's not playing. And Dame Lillard's not playing. So there are a handful of guys right there that, that aren't even a, a part of a potential return. But obviously LeBron is, Chris Paul is, Giannis is. This, this could be Giannis's year. Is this, can you imagine, and, and, and let's, let's try to have fun from a sports perspective for a change here. Instead of, instead of just being excited about the potential return of the season, you know, one, one, one thing that we do here in, in sports talk and we do at the barber shop and we do with our friends is we create stories. Well, what if we've spent the last five weeks, you know, come Monday, we will have spent the last five Mondays, the last five weeks talking about the Last Dance, talking about what a great documentary that is. Talking about an opportunity 
to relive how great Michael Jordan is. Perhaps be reminded of how great Michael Jordan is. Perhaps, for some people, learn for the very first time how great Michael Jordan is. And imagine, and, and by the way, real quick, uh, if you were digging the, the soundtrack on The Last Dance, all of that 90s hip-hop, I created a playlist and posted it to Apple Music. So if you're, I, I know there's a, a, a Spotify playlist, but if you haven't signed up for Spotify and you're an Apple Music user, uh, just search The Last Dance or search my name uh, in your music app and you should be able to find the playlist that I put together that features all of the music uh, from The Last Dance series. But imagine spending five weeks and then some and then all of the hype leading into the series and reliving how great Michael Jordan is or learning how great Michael Jordan is and seeing his competitive nature and his competitive drive. And then the Lakers wind up winning the championship a couple of weeks later or a month later or whatever it may be. And amid, like imagine the 10 part documentary on LeBron. Imagine the, imagine when we get to this part where he pushes ESPO and, and, and obviously I'm not going to say LeBron was responsible for, for getting the documentary released, but he did go to social media and say, Hey, ESPN, can we get the, you know, let's get the Jordan doc. Just like he did that one year with Kendrick Lamar. Like, Hey Kendrick, can we, Get some new music, and Kendrick Lamar released an unfinished album. I, I, you, like you, you, oh, the the tweet, and then the the documentary, and then amid the COVID nineteen impact, LeBron James leads the Los Angeles Lakers to an NBA championship. LeBron James wins his fourth NBA title, amongst emerging from the shadows of Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And just for fun, LeBron punches Steve Kerr in the face. Like, I, you like, there's so many, and there's, I mean, there's, there's going to be, this will be a very talked about championship, right? It, it, this, this, this championship, it, should it happen, this set of playoffs, should it happen, will live forever alongside the Rudy Gobert video. The video of Rudy Gobert touching all of those phones and microphones and recording devices. But I mean, again, have fun with it. Like create, like create a story. Is there a better story that comes out of this? Is there a better story that comes out of the potential uh, resuming of the season than LeBron winning a championship? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not asking whether you like LeBron James, you love LeBron James. I'm not asking whether you want LeBron James to win another championship. I'm saying look at this from a storytelling perspective. What is the best finish to this season? Is it the Jazz winning? (laughs) Is the best ending to this season the Jazz winning the championship? And Rudy Rudy Gobert holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy. Is that... Is that the best possible ending to the season? I I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I mean that's 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 pretty funny. That's a hell of a visual, but I I I mean I'm just looking at teams. Bucks were heavily favored. Giannis winning. Like okay, if Giannis wins, it it's a it's a weird way to win his first championship, but he does it. Uh, what if the Celtics grab another banner? I believe they're fully, fully capable. Is it a big story? I mean, it's the Celtics, so it's, I guess it's a big story. 
Imagine if this is the year the Rockets win. If this is if this is the year they defy if Russell Westbrook and, and and James Harden win the championship. I'll be happy for one of them. Like, is Mike D'Antoni coaching this team next year, by the way? Mike D'Antoni's not the coach of the Rockets next year, is he? Like, they're not. At some point, you can't, you just can't keep this up. If the Rockets lose wherever in this potential playoffs, is he really the coach next season? I saw another tweet. I don't think it was from Woj. There were dueling tweets yesterday. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, But I can't remember if this was from Woj, and it doesn't look like it was because I pulled up Woj's Twitter account. But there was there there was a at least a discussion, or perhaps this is you know this is the spaghetti that we talk about getting thrown against the wall about a a training camp for all NBA teams happening, and then a playoff, and then we we just kind of go right into the next season. And I was like, okay. I mean, again, you spaghetti, you pulling it out of the pot. You're looking to see if it sticks to the wall. I get it. Does anybody still do that, by the way? Because I could tell you, assuredly, I do not. I know I did it as a kid when my mom was making spaghetti, and I just, I think I just enjoyed throwing food against the wall more than anything else. I love the, I love the, you know, the analogy of throwing spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks. I'm just, some of you may not even know what that means. Some of you are like, what? Why are you throwing spaghetti against the wall? Let's see if it sticks, because if it sticks, then it's done, right? That's what my mom used to say. She used to let me chuck spaghetti at the wall. Get one good strand and right against the wall. But I think that's what this was. That's what this, you know, they're 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 leaking stuff through their media sources to see how people respond to it. But, but, but like, what happens for, like, say, the Kings and the Warriors? Like, what, what happens, like, during the playoffs? Like, you go through this training camp, you get going, and then you, you just stop? You just take a break. Like the NBA playoffs usually last like months. I doubt that's going to be the case here, but that that seems like one of those unfinished strands of spaghetti that's going to fall off the wall and you're going to have to keep cooking, figure something else out. Because that that ain't the one for me. Uh, Also, as we have discussed, Adam Silver isn't looking to make a decision uh, regarding what happens next season. He doesn't believe anything needs to be finalized uh, for at least another two to four weeks. Uh, if we go on the higher end and go to the four-week side, that falls right in the middle of the June, right in the middle of June, where we expected the so-called drop date would be uh, for the NBA and where they just kind of had to get to the point and say, yep, we're, we're done. There's, there's nothing here for us. We, we can't effectively do this. We're going to call it. Uh, Within uh, hours of each other, Woj had tweeted that the National Basketball Players Association started polling its players, started polling its membership on Tuesday about how individuals stand on a return to play. Okay. Uh, There were a number of questions involved about risk, about, you know, how you felt about returning, how you felt about uh, an increased risk, and so on and so forth. Uh, Shortly thereafter... Shams of 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 the athletic Shams Karana he tweeted yeah no no such thing has taken place oh okay those are those are two 
Those are two big dogs. I mean, those are those are those are some 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 pretty big dogs there that are uh, that are tweeting uh, different information there. Uh, Shams tweet also tweeted the NBA has sent a memo to agents stating since his players and NBA both want to finish the 2019-20 season and inform reps of the players uh, listed below serving on a new committee working on the league on potential plans. Uh, the players that are listed below. Uh, were Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Jason Tatum, uh, Kyle Lowry, Dwight Powell. Those guys are are discussing uh, return to play strategies. Um, so I don't know whether I don't know whether the polling with the NBA PA happened or not, but I think the fact that you had LeBron, Russ, Chris Paul, you had all of those guys on a call together, kind of rallying the troops, trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this? What's our approach? We've got to be united in whatever we decide. Because truthfully, if that same group that we just listed had gotten on a call and said, guys, we can't do this. We can't, we, we can't risk playing this 2019-20 season or finishing this 2019-20 season. We need to focus on, we need to focus on next year. We need to focus on how we're going to approach next year. We need to focus on how we can, you know, maximize our league in an empty arena environment. You think that group, LeBron, Chris Paul, Russell, KD, Kawhi, you think that group won't be able to shut down the league? Obviously, I very much think they can. The question is, will they be able to restart it? It looks like everybody involved, and I don't mean every single player, but it, it Looks like the you know the key players and the league, they want to get something going and they want to finish this season, and that's great. But the question will be, can they? Can they effectively put together a plan that will work for the players, uh, that will work for the owners, and perhaps most importantly, a, a, you know, an entity that I haven't even brought up in all of this, will it work for the television partners? What type of 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 layout, what type of schedule, what type of type of package can you put together uh, that will satisfy ESPN and satisfy TNT? Because you've got it, you you've got to satisfy them. That they are vital. They are your lifeblood of your business right now. And I know Adam Silver was talking about you know forty percent of our revenue is ticketed. You know, it comes from the tickets at the arenas, and it's like ah. I don't know, man, if, 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 if that's accurate, then okay. I don't think that it is because when you like, I, as I, I, I know we talked about this yesterday and I thought more about it after the show, if 40% and, and really if 40% of the NBA's revenue be- comes from tickets at an arena. Okay. Again, think about the massive money the NBA gets from TNT and from ESPN. Then think about the money, and it's not it's not nearly the same, but it is it's it's additional money, and it's for the teams. Uh, and we talked about this as it pertains to the to the to the Sacramento Kings. Think about the 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 regional sports money that they get. Okay, then you've got you know you've got you know jersey sales and merchandising and all of that stuff. Think about all of the money that you get from there, and it's still and and all of that together only equates to sixty percent. Of revenue, and and I know in 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 the grand scheme of things, the merchandise money is again in the big picture. It's small, and the regional sports money in the big picture, it's small. 
But I would think once you combine that stuff with the national TV money, it sure feels like the that number would be higher than 60% of the league's revenue. And it may vary individually with teams, as, as Jason Anderson reported uh, in the Sacramento Bee earlier in the week. There's you know, the, the, a fear from the Sacramento Kings and with the belief that 50% of their revenue comes from comes from live ticketed events. And that's a little bit more believable because they get a, you know, a portion of the national TV money. Of course, they've got their regional sports money and that is significantly smaller than anything that comes, you know, what NBC sports net, you know, pitches out is significantly smaller than what comes from ESPN and what comes from, you know, TNT. And then you've, you've got your merchandise money. Probably a lot of the merchandise is bought at the arena. And without the arena being open, and sure, you've got websites you can go to and all those sorts of different things, but with I think a lot of people, they get to the arena, and maybe you're, you know, for especially for people who are there for the first time, like they want to try food, they want to go to the team store, like there's something different about buying something from a team store versus buying uh, something online. I don't know what it is, but I know it's real. I, I, I don't know why, but like... I've, you know, go to the Staples Center. I went to the, I, I can't even remember the, I went to the Staples Center for, oh, the last time I was there, it was the Lakers Celtics game. And I walked into the Lakers store. I was like, I'm going to buy something here. I didn't, but I walked into it like I was going to. I don't know. There's just something about being in a team store while the team's playing that you go to, you go to those stores that they've got in the Golden One Center. They're always packed. Always. So I'd imagine a lot of that revenue that they get from, you know, that, you know, that particular line item comes and in, in, in is directly from the live events and the ticketed events. So while it may vary from team to team, I still think that number that Adam Silver threw out there uh, in terms of league wide is it's skewed in his favor. No one would have bought 50 percent. But maybe they'll buy 40 or maybe he feels like it's close enough to 40 that he can get away with saying it. That just doesn't seem right to me. What do I know? I, of course, I'm watching all on the outside trying to put this stuff together uh, on myself. Uh, But, you know, NBA fans will be hyped. It looks like this is gaining momentum and it looks like something that we're going to have to follow here now. Again, Adam said two to four weeks, which lines up with the middle of June. And you know, and now I'm, you you try to map out you try to map out what what that means. Let's operate under the assumption again. We just do playoffs. If you have a plan in place, let's go with June fifteenth. They have a plan in place on June fifteenth. They announce it to the world uh, by June. Baseball should be having their mini training camp if everything goes well for them. I would think by July we're talking about a mini training camp for the NBA. Does that mean we're talking about playoffs beginning in late July or early August? Okay. If that's the case, if we're talking about, are we talking about seven game series through all of the rounds? Are we talking about uh, three game series? Here's a, here's another thing. How confident will the NBA be when they return? Will they be confident in their plan? Will they be confident in their testing? Will they be confident that they could avoid a major star uh, contacting this virus and being shut down during the playoffs? Because I, I think the longer the series are, the more confident the league is. Like if they come back and they say, 
Our playoff format for the last however many years has been seven-game series through every round through the finals. If they come out and implement that, they're I, I not only are they confident in the amount of time that they have, but they're also confident that their strategy is going to work. If they shorten rounds, there's two explanations. If they if we do best two out of three or best three out of five for the first couple of rounds or maybe two out of three to start, then three out of five in the second round before we move to seven rounds. To me, that feels like, and you know, I could be wrong. I'm watching from the sideline. That could mean more of a, hey, man, let's, we got to get through this. Like we've we've got to get through this and pray that everybody stays healthy. That 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 would that to me would be one explanation. Now the potential explanation would be we don't have enough time to do two plus months worth of playoffs because if we're beginning, let's say late July or, or or early August, we're talking about completing in October, and that almost falls in line with uh, we'll come back, we'll finish the season. And then immediately following the playoffs, we're, we're, we're essentially going into another training camp so we can look to begin the next season in December, which seems to be the plan. Can you, and I'm so serious, man, can you imagine what Christmas shopping is going to be like this year? And, you know, I know we've made gains over the last couple of months, like really we're on month two of this shutdown. We're, we're at month two of, you know, of working at home. Like there's a, like you realize like, you know, there's a possibility. I, I almost want to put my Christmas tree up now. Cause I feel like it's just, it's just kind of where we're at. Like we're, we haven't even hit triple digit temperatures yet, even though we came close a couple of times. We haven't even hit those dog days of summer yet, man. And I'm already thinking like, I'm, I, I'm basically just counting the summer as a loss. Like I wanted to, I want to go lay. I wanted to take the podcast and my microphone and I wanted to go do the podcast, like by the water. This did the beach. Like I did that, you know, last year at this time. I went to I went to the beaches in Southern California and just kind of decompressed for, you know, for three, four days. It was actually Memorial Day weekend I did it. And I realized, yeah, I ain't gonna do that. I need to get like some patio furniture from my backyard, like a chair, start smoking cigars. Got a little doggy pool that's big enough for my ass to lay in. Like I'm I'm realizing that that's what the summer is gonna be. And I've just chalked the summer up as a as a loss. Like it's an L. Ain't doing nothing. Just focus on the podcast. Uh, create new content. Go have some fun. Interact with everybody else who can't go anywhere for for the summer. Who can't do anything fun for the summer. I got you, man. I'm gonna be here the whole time with you. But like, have you thought about what it what it like? What's Thanksgiving gonna be like? Like, I haven't seen my mom in months. I haven't seen my mom or my sister. And I'm the big like my mom works in a like a high risk industry like she helps older people and you know she's at risk every day she goes out no matter how many precautions that she takes and she has dealt with patients who have had this virus and it's like like you know she's you know she she and my sister live really close together and you know they've tried to keep their distance while still being able to spend time together but is this the ultimate, like, you know, people bitch and complain about Thanksgiving and being around family and being around those family members that you don't really like? You don't see them very often. You really only see them at Thanksgiving, so you feel like, ah, I could put up with it for one day. Man, <laughs> you might not have to this year. That's, that's like, that's, that's just wild to think about, and people are already antsy. We're just waiting for sports to come back. We're just waiting for something fun 
to talk about, which is why I love the fact that you guys listen to listen every day, because ultimately, like we, I try to find fun stuff, but then it's like, oh, look at the NBA, like, oh, Major League Baseball, they submitted their proposal to the players, the owners, they submitted their 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 uh, their proposal. So the players allegedly, like, the the uh, the proposal didn't include, at least based off of one report, uh, the proposal didn't open up with players, you know, talking about a potential pay cut. Because remember, players have already taken a pay cut. That's what they agreed to back in March. They agreed to taking a, uh, a, you know, a pay cut should games be canceled. How much of, you know, the salaries would they give back and so on and so forth. Well, they could ride that out if if games come like if there's an 82 game season which apparently is part of the suggestion of this this plan that was presented then they're in good shape they're in good shape to to make it keep all of that money so we might be getting closer to baseball we might be getting closer to basketball and again you know Roger Goodell and the NFL Jerry Jones they're just hanging out like bah. We're good. We're we're we are going to wait and see how you guys handle all of this. And once the time gets here, you know, I mean, what's their you, you don't have to worry about OTAs. Like what are we really talking about like the first moment of concern or the the first moment of okay, the NFL, we we need something from the NFL. That's July, right? Like that's uh, uh, training camp, and and training camp is important. Obviously, it's important for the season. Obviously, it's important because that's where you make cuts. I'm guessing, again, total guess on my part. We get a modified collective bargaining agreement. The collective bargaining agreement that was just agreed to. We get a modified version of that with nothing on it except for an addendum to the amount of players on a roster going to guess that the NFL might allow more players on a roster given potential sickness now falling in line with potential injuries and potential concussions needing a greater roster we know that the we know that the NBA is super easy to negotiate with so i doubt that they'll ask for a return in money and hopefully you can tell by my tone i'm being tremendously sarcastic when i say that but they've got to do something They've got to do something as it pertains to the number of players on their roster. The NBA, I think they can get away with it for a playoff run. But they they too, you know, it's what Adam Silver was talking about on Friday to the players. Like, probably going to have to make some changes to the collective bargaining agreement while he is absolutely 100% talking about the salary cap and he's talking about money. There also needs to be like some practical changes moving forward. And that's probably the number of people on a roster, the number of guys on a roster. Because they're going to need more available should should one get sick and, you know, God forbid, should it start to spread throughout the team. So we're talking about, you know, for the NFL, July and and, and spring train or or training camp, excuse me. And then, you know, you've got HBO. You've got the filming of Hard Knocks. How does that work? Are they even filming in Los Angeles? Are they filming in Arizona? Can they even possibly film? Does this even work? Is it just cameramen walking around with masks and gloves on? Is that sufficient enough for the NFL? Is that sufficient enough for the NBA? Then you've got the Hall of Fame game. You know, that's normally in August. You've got the class of of, of 20, 
20, which will go into the Hall of Fame. And I honestly, I doubt that they will. I doubt there will be an induction for for that Hall of Fame class. And disgustingly enough, you know, Kobe was going into the Basketball Hall of Fame. I, 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 I mean, this was a star-studded class. You know, there's a number of Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, a whole bunch of other guys going into the Hall of Fame. And they still will. It'll just be different. It'll be different. And it feels like things are going to be different uh, for the remainder of the calendar year. Uh, But I appreciate you hanging out today. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Hope you're safe. Uh, Hope you're productive. Uh, Hope working at home, if you're working at home, isn't getting uh, getting to you too much. And if you're uh, at the office, so to speak. Hope everything is going well for you. Again, thank you so much for letting me be a part of your day. Patreon.com slash Damian Barling just posted the first edition of the wrestling podcast. Uh, All the wrestling news from the last week. It is available exclusively uh, for our Patreon users. Go check that out. The first episode of Relive is also available exclusively ahead of its launch on June 3rd. It is available now exclusively for our Patreon listeners. So if you want to support the podcast, that is 100% the best way to do it. The best way to do it is to download. But if you want to help a brother out, go to patreon.com slash Damian Barling or go to DamianBarling.com and click the Patreon button in the upper left-hand corner. Thank you so much for being with me today. We'll see you here tomorrow on the podcast with Damian Barling.